Coming up on this week's podcast, we're talking Villa, Hassan Hootel, and we are each picking a 26-man England squad for this year's World Cup. Gareth Southgate is going to announce on Thursday, plus all the usual features, so let's get started. Hello and welcome to a new episode of View from the Sideline Podcast. Chris here and Liam is here as well. Hello, Liam. Evening, Chris. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, f- football-wise, yeah. hasn't been a great couple of weeks, I'm not going to lie. Um, no, it's, uh, it's improving for me. Uh, improving for you, but going slightly yeah. down. You know, I mean, losing 4 to Brighton was bad, um, but at least... There was an attempt by the team to actually try and get back into the game, whereas um, Sunday was just awful, <laughs> more or less. Well, I mean, I think the the shine the shine is certainly coming off. Yeah. Um, the new manager, and I'm just the the thing was sorry, going off on one now. Um, I was looking at the games that he's had since two calls. Um got sacked and to be fair he hasn't had the hardest of runs when it comes to league games I mean Arsenal was probably the first big six test that he had mm-hmm. um, and yes he did beat Milan home and away um, but obviously Tamori was sent off in the away game that completely changed it um, so I don't, I don't to be fair I don't think Tuchel would have lost any of the games that um, Potter has won so I don't know. It's hard. It's difficult. We got new. We got Man City tomorrow night in the cup, um, and then Newcastle at the weekend. So tough run. Both. both. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just, just one of those things, really, where just I know that they're trying to learn from him, but you know, most of the squad are going to be away now for you know six weeks. So six weeks lost, and yeah, I know we've had injuries and stuff, but every club has injuries. <laughs> it's not, yeah. you know, we're, we're not privy to having injuries. Everyone else is getting them as well. But um, it's just that thing. It, it it reminds me of when Conte was in charge at Chelsea. There just there just doesn't seem to be a plan B. Um, when we go when we start losing, it's, there doesn't seem to be any sort of tactical change. That, made to make us more attacking um, it's been and quite Conte was like that yeah it's been a bit, a bit boring even even I think when you I've seen you win mm. it's not been through really good attractive attacking play it's been through like doing the basics right yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean we've had just getting across the line so even the games he's won kind of scraped through them so I don't know we'll see um, it just seems a bit silly now if we win on uh, the weekend against Newcastle you know we might have had a bit of momentum but you know the, the, <laughs> the season is is you know is over until you know Boxing Day so yeah we weren't even going to supposed to be talking about Chelsea, but I've just sat there and spoke to him about five minutes. So anyway, um, first thing we are going to actually talk about is, is Villa. And um, I guess when you get a new manager in, um, you know, you, you know, the, a lot of players have got 
a lot to prove, I guess. And then, I mean, if you go out like that every week, I mean, you ain't going to have any problems finishing sort of bottom half. Um, but uh, and, and you know, Man United are a good side at the moment, so you know, um, I don't think many thought that you were going to go in that and, and win the way you did. Um, and to be fair, to be totally fair, like even their goal was like a huge deflection, so it's not like that they had, um, you know, had, had a lot of play and stuff. And I mean, Ramsey had a game to remember. To, I mean, every, everything that you could do, he did. So yeah, I mean, I was quite impressed. I, I, I saw bits and bobs of the game. I saw the highlights and. Um, already you can kind of see the his his sort of Spanish background when he was at Villarreal, like always having sort of six seven players behind the ball mm-hmm. um, when when you're defending, having two sort of centre defensive midfielders. Um, I think he I think that's the two areas he'll buy in if he gets money in January will be probably another solid centre defensive midfielder. Um, and then uh, another centre back as well. But you know, going forward, I, I think you would have seen that and thought that there isn't a huge amount that he actually needs to change. I mean, Leon Bailey scored. I mean, yeah, but that, that doesn't happen very often. So no. um, you must have been impressed as well. Yeah, he um, he did make some changes um, from I think the the tactical style, shall we say, of Gerard that sort of lingered. Um, in the last couple of games, I think, especially against Newcastle, we played a lot wider going forward, which was good to see. Um, Bailey had a really good game, actually. I, yeah. I, I personally didn't vote for him manager uh, for man of the match, but he did get man of the match. Uh, Ramsey would have got it for me. Um, took his goal well, got a, got a good assist as well. Um, I think actually for the sort of holding midfielders, it kind of makes sense to play with two because we we've got Dendonka on. No, we bought Dendonka, sorry. Yeah. Uh, and Louise started there uh, at the weekend. But we've got Kamara to come back, who I think will be a big, big player in this system. Um, I think we could do with another out-and-out winger. I think he's still trying to sort of fit Wendy in here and there. Ramsey actually played out wide, and he did have a good game um, against United. Uh, he started out on the on the right and Bailey on the left. And um, that did seem to work quite well, but we do lack in in numbers out there because we sold El Ghazi and Trezeguet. But I think most Villa fans, and myself included, never expect anything against United. We haven't beaten them at Villa Park for, I think it was like nearly 30 years, uh, which is just a run that we never thought was going to end. So to do it, I think when when we've won at Old Trafford, there's been an element of luck here and there about it, but to actually do it and outplay the opponent, I never thought I'd see that so quickly. Um, Ronaldo was quiet all game. You know, Mings had one of his better games, which he does have every now and again. And, you know, on, on form like he was shown at the weekend, he would probably be a contender for England, but he just, he just can't keep that consistency, unfortunately, at the moment. But I think he had the better of Ronaldo. I think the midfield sort of central three had the better of um, Casemiro. I know that United were missing Fernandez, who probably would have made a difference. 
Um, but they kept Van der Beek quiet. Um, he did, he really didn't have a good game for United, Van der Beek. And, um, I think he got taken off um, halfway through the second half, but he was really quiet. But I think it was down to our pressing. Um, we only pressed in the right areas. Uh, we sort of waited for everybody to sort of get back behind the ball, and then we press in a number rather than trying to just run at people. Like Watkins will run all day, but if he's doing it on his own, it doesn't really make any difference. So to see that off the ball um, sort of tactic change uh, was pleasing, and I think it worked really well because we won the ball back in dangerous areas and we looked good uh, counter-attacking, which is obviously where our third goal come from. So uh, all in all, very pleased. Um, we were even a bit unlucky to concede. It was a big deflection. Nothing really that Keeper or Ramsey could do about that. It was just one of those things. And I think, uh, yeah, on another day, we might have even got another one or two goals. So, um, yeah, very pleased overall. Yeah, I mean, obviously you went, Man United scored just before half-time. And then obviously to come out and Ramsey to score pretty much when, what was it, about five minutes of the restart. Um you know, you could have easily come out and crumbled and and ended up being two two, if not three two, to Man United. So, I mean, the the change in your sort of mentality towards the game, you could you could clearly say. I mean, um, that's just happened, just, that's happened many times before where we've gone ahead against United either by a goal or two, and yeah. up drawing and losing the game. And it, and it's not just United; it's against a lot of bigger clubs. Obviously, yeah. against City last season, it's happened against Chelsea before. And and you do fear the worst. So when they scored just before half time, I thought there's there's an onslaught coming in the second half that just never really materialised. Yeah, it did really, did it? Yeah. I mean, just just I think I think you caught Man United on the right day. I mean, yeah. they were having one of their bad days, and you know you were uh, like I said, you you had players that you were looking to impress. So um, and they certainly did that. So yeah, I think I think. You know, I don't think it was ever in any doubt that you'd end up going down. I mean, if Gerald was still there, you might have just made it. But um, I think with Emery, I think he's he's going to be long term. I think from because the contract's like three and a half years, isn't it? Three. It's the longest we've ever signed him. Yeah, yeah. So obviously, I obviously thinking that. He's going to be there long term, and hopefully he can he can change it around for you. It's just a shame, like I said, that you picked up the win now, potentially pick up a win at the weekend, and and then sort of your momentum is dropped again. So, I think the the positive for Villa, um, I know you sort of mentioned about Chelsea that all your players are going to go off to the World Cup. We're not that good, so a lot of our <laughs> players are going to stay around. Um, Obviously, we, we've got like um, Matty Cash, who um, I don't, um, who will go for Poland, I think. But other than that, yeah, I'm not sure whether Kamara's. He did obviously play at the weekend from the bench. I don't know whether he's going to be fit enough to be named in the French squad. Um, but there was no Coutinho, no Louise in the Brazilian squad today. Doesn't look like Mings and Watkins are going to get in the England side. Um, obviously, McGinn is Scottish, so uh, that's that's. I think Martinez is obviously going to go for Argentina, but that, that's a that's a big core of the squad that's going to stay together. Yeah. Um. So hopefully that it's going to be a second pre-season really for them. I think with this break, so hopefully he'll get some tactical work done on the training ground, and um, can sort of drill it home to the the leaders in the group really. 
Right, we will move on to a fresh sacking. I mean, we seem to be talking about someone getting sacked every week at this yeah. rate, isn't it? Every week someone else has been sacked. Um, this one probably more justified than some of the others. Yeah. Um, I mean, this 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 is the man that's lost. What did he lose? Nine nil twice. Twice. Yeah. Twice. I mean, after just one of the nine nils, I think you're lucky to be in a job. Scott well, um, Parker only had one nine nil, and you know, that was against Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think I think the right this one the writing has been on the wall. I think for a very very long for, for at least sort of the back end of last season. Yeah. Um, the thing is with Southampton that um, I don't know if you know this, but I think it was three years ago they beat Newcastle to go top of the league. So it, it just goes to show how things can change in such a short space of time. Yeah. Um, they obviously lost four one at the weekend, but to me, it's it's one of those things where yes, they do sell the majority of their best players, but they never seem to like spend the money very well or spend the money sort of wisely. If you kind of get what I mean, I mean, yeah. On this, this just sums it up really. On Sunday. They played Walcott up front with Adams just behind him. I mean, Fear Walcott, I mm. don't think, is, is an out-and-out striker for one. But they just, they're just they really, really struggling at the moment. And it's one of those things where it looks like that the players have lost the confidence in the manager. Yeah. And they just don't. They're not playing for him anymore. I mean, you look at their sort of last few games that they've had so they've had um so they lost to Newcastle they lost to Palace I mean they drew of Arsenal beat Bournemouth drew of West Ham but then before that they lost four in a row to City Everton Villa Wolves I can't believe Chelsea lost to them (laughs) but they did (laughs) so it's you know it's it's obviously the games that they're losing that they're losing to the teams around them I think is the worst bit of it. I mean, you you can probably justify losing to you know the big six teams, but sort of when you're losing, no offence to Villa, Everton, and Wolves, who at the time were all around yeah. sort of those relegation places. Um, I think you know that, that that says a lot. And I saw a really interesting thing on Talksport um, yesterday or the day before. I can't remember when it was, but they had Charlie Austin on there, and obviously. He was at um, Southampton at the same time as he as Arsene Hutel. Mm. You kind of got the feeling that he didn't really rate him as a manager. Yeah. Charlie Austin kept talking about the coaches and stuff and how good they were, um, but he never really mentioned um, Hassan Hutel. And thank God we ain't got to say his name anymore. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the best thing about it. But I think I think it just comes down to a number of things. I think tactics is one. I think buying players in seems to be a problem and an issue for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think the lack of faith from the players and the manager, I think, is ultimately cost him his job. But like we said, I mean, he's had some heavy defeats that he's managed to actually get through and not get sacked. So Yeah, he's been close to, I think, been close to the sack a couple of times. And they always seem to 
pull out a decent run when you don't expect mm-hmm. them to, don't they? But this season, yeah. just it, it did feel a little bit different. I think just going back to what you were saying about the transfers, I, I think you're right. They, what tends to happen is they buy in quantity rather than quality. Yeah. And I think if they buy sort of eight players in a summer transfer window, one of the one of those players tends to be good, gets a big move somewhere, and then they use that money to fund another eight transfers. And this, it's kind of like a a vicious circle, and and it and it just repeats itself over and over again. Um, I think the, the transfers they've made this season hasn't helped when I think their objective is to buy young players. And yeah. There's no doubt that some of the players that they bought in are talented. I mean, this goes back, I think, a couple of years. I mean, they bought Liveramento from, from you guys, for example. Clearly a talented young player. Um, whether their mentality is, is quite ready for a relegation battle in the Premier League, I'm not too sure. They rely very heavily on Ward-Prowse and his set pieces. So I do feel like when they come up against a side that's well-drilled in defence... If they if they're not effective from corners and free kicks, how much creativity is there actually in open play? And I don't think there's much at the moment. Um, I did see the highlights of the game, and El Yunusi missed a, an absolute sitter from I think about like three yards out, and I'd forgotten that he was still playing for Southampton. That's how little he gets mentioned. <laughs> and when you're playing at left wing. You kind of expect to be, you know, a, li- a little bit more um, well recognised for goals and assists, and it's, it's just it's not been coming at the moment. So I can kind of see why they've done it. I feel like it's a little bit of a shame because I don't know how much Hassan Hutter was involved in the transfers or the policy or anything like that. And he had, it, he seemed like quite a good motivator. I don't know whether he's a good like football man, but. He seems enthusiastic, you know, on the touchline. I mean, he's he's a regular gif, isn't he? Let's be honest. <laughs> but he wears his heart on his sleeve, and I like that kind of passion on the touchline. But I just think it, it's been they've been stagnating too long. And from a team, well, from a fan of a team that went through something similar when we had Paul Lambert in charge you can only get away with those surprise results and little runs here and there so long. And it, yeah. they remind me of Villa when we were down and sort of like finishing regularly 15th, 16th. There's going to come a time where you've got to say, right, enough is enough. We've got to move forward and get out of this. Or the lack of interest comes through and, and then you you end up getting relegated, which is what happened to Villa because the board weren't interested. So... It'll be interesting to see what they do next. I think they're talking to Nathan Jones from Luton. I'm not sure yeah. that's where they should be going. I think they probably need someone with a bit more experience in the Premier League, someone who's a bit more used to maybe playing with younger players because Nathan Jones, all his good work at Luton has come from sort of freebies of players that have left Premier League clubs or you know are meant to be past their sell-by date but then come for like a second career at Luton. Yeah. So um, I, d- I don't know how well he'll sort of mix in with um, Southampton's transfer policy, but it'll be interesting if he does get it. Clearly, he's a young manager and he's obviously um, guided Luton to a, a playoff last year, so um, it could work well. But I just I think it's a bit of a clash in styles, personally. 
ex-Jove more as well, Nathan Jones. Yes. Big link. Yeah. yeah, it seems that they, they're very much set on him coming in, so um, I think as soon as he was Hassan Hill was sacked, it was kind of, for some reason, I don't know where they get their information from, but his name was, was the one that was being banded around, but they said that he can he can talk to them, can he? And he's, he's, they're playing tonight, um, so this is probably more than likely his last game for Luton, so, yeah. Um, so we'll have to just see what happens to stuff like them. But now we're going to move on to the World Cup. So, Mr. Southgate will be dwindling his 55-man squad down <laughs> to 26. I mean, I had to laugh at some of the names on there. Um, and he is announcing that on Thursday, I believe. Um, I don't know, have you seen online these... Um, Football players filming themselves, hearing the names getting called out. I, I saw Anthony earlier today. Yeah. Um, I mean, Neymar did one. I, I really don't see the, the point in him doing <laughs> one because I think he would have <laughs> 100% knew that he was going. Um, but yeah, I, there's a few out there. I'm pretty sure they all get a phone call to say that they're going to be in the squad at least 24 hours before it gets announced. Yeah, it seems well, odd that they would only find out when some man is saying it on live TV. Uh, I'm sure they would have heard beforehand, but, it, you know, it gets them Instagram likes, doesn't it? So. Yeah, I've seen a few. I think Japan have, have announced their squad as well, haven't they? I think Japan yeah. did theirs, like, before the weekend. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know. The ins- I've heard I've heard that they normally get a call from the secretary, um, England secretary, to say that they go in. Um, but, um, yeah, so... Here is how it's going to go. You've got your 26-man squad, I believe. I do. Um, I have mine. Um, and instead of us both going through ours, um, Liam's going to say his. And then any that I have different will then ha- have a look at why they're different. I'm, I'm hoping... First of all, I'm hoping my maths has worked out properly. And I do have 26 players. <laughs> Knowing me, I've I've left myself short. But I'm going to try and go through them in sort of position order. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the three goalkeepers. I'm assuming you pick three goalkeepers as well. Yeah. Uh, I think they're probably the same. I'm going for Pickford, Ramsdale, and Pope. Mm-hmm. As my three goalkeepers. Yeah. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I've got ten defenders. I've got um, nine. So, okay, so there's a difference already. Yeah. Tell me when you don't have one of these. So I've got yeah. Trent Alexander-Arnold. No. <laughs> You've not gone for Trent? No. Interesting. We'll, we'll come back to him in a minute. Okay, I've gone Kieran Trippier. Mm-hmm. Kyle Walker. Yeah. I've gone for Tamori. So did I, yeah. Uh, ben White. John Stones. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, John Stones, Eric Dyer, Joe Gomez, uh yeah, Joe Gomez is probably not in your squad, I'd imagine. Right. Uh, Luke Shaw and Matt Target. Matt Target. No, I know Matt Target won't be in your squad, but they're my ten defenders. Okay, so that one. Okay, so cool. My midfielders. Midfielders. So I've gone. These are all sort of central midfielders. So I've gone for Declan Rice. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Henderson. Mm-hmm. I've gone for Connor Gallagher. Just, just because I know it'll make you happy. Uh, Mason Mount, Jude Bellingham, Phil Foden, and James Madison. I think he deserves a go. 
And then finally, for I've gone for strikers and wingers in the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've gone for Grealish, Sterling, Saka, Abraham, Tony, and Kane. And that's my 26 men. I think that's 26 people. Right, I've so, it several times. So we do have some contrast here. So um, you didn't say Harry Maguire, did you? I didn't say Harry Maguire, no. Right. I, I did say Maguire just pure. Just purely because I think he'll go. I think Southgate trusts him. I, I base this not on what I think Southgate will pick. This is on what I think should. Yeah, go. I would I... still take him. I would still take him. Um, we'll go through some of the other ones. Gomez. Yeah, I just think he's been in decent form for Liverpool the last sort of few games. I thought he played really well against Man City, um, and I think if anyone's going to help. Uh, Alexander Arnold at right back. I think it might be having his Liverpool teammate near him. That target was an interesting one. I I only had one left back, didn't I? Because oh, it would have been Chilwell. It would have been yeah. Chilwell, but um, I thought I'd try and balance it out. I don't like playing Trippier at left back, which Southgate likes to do. So I thought okay. I'd get another backup in there. So we're now left for the age old debate of who was better, Trent Alexander Arnold or an injured Reese James. <laughs> I've gone for James. Now, James was a late addition to this squad. I did have Trent, but I don't know if you've seen, but they reckon James could be back within the next three weeks. If if he's fit, I would probably go with so James. So, this would mean that he would miss, technically he would miss the first two England games, but if if all goes to plan, he would he could be ready for the third game. Now, he obviously hasn't played for Chelsea for a few weeks, so he has he there is gonna be some rust there. But mm. I think James gives you everything that Alexander Alexander Arnold gives you, but James gives you more from a defensive point of view. Now, I know Trent can make an 80, 90-yard pass. It, that, you know, that's fine. But I think it's gonna, it'll be interesting because if he plays the five at the back, I think James is best suited at right wing back. But saying that, if he plays the four at the back, I think he'll go with Trippier. Yeah, I think he will as well. But saying that, James, I would I would take the risk and take James, knowing that he will be even if he's not ready for that third group game, and we are still there. I think he he's better to have than what Trent would be. I can hear all the Liverpool fans now. <laughs> and, so, I, um, so I I personally if. If James would would be fit for game one, I would take him. Yeah. But I don't think you can risk, even if it's just a couple of games and you expect to get no. through. It does yeah. seem just like a bit of a waste of a person in the then, squad. Uh, I know, I know what you're saying, but then you've got Trippier anyway. You have 
Trippier, Walker as well. You can obviously play it right back as well. Um, I think even if he so say James doesn't go, which I I'm I think it's probably more swaying towards Trent going than James. I still think Trippier plays ahead of Trent. I think yes, because I think. I, I've got a feeling that if Carl Walker goes, he's going to be used. If they play a five, he'll be used at centre back, not at right back. Because yeah. I think I think that he'll be keen on having Walker, Stones, and one other, probably Maguire. I I, I personally, if he was going for five, I'd go for Walker, Stones, and Tamori. But um, that's just me. So, and anyone saying I'm biased, I didn't put Gallagher in this team. I'm surprised. You support? I put Wall Prowse in. Yeah, it was between the two. Yeah, so the reason behind it is, I know Gallagher is a Chelsea player, but that boy has frustrated the hell out of me <laughs> this season with some of his performances. He's so hot and cold, you never really know what you're going to get. Now, with War Prowse, you're thinking, you know, you get to a semi-final... 119th minute you bring Wall Prowse on to take a penalty I've got more confidence of Wall Prowse scoring that penalty than I would Gallagher yeah I don't think that Wall Prowse is going to play a huge amount but I think he's he's a good to have if yeah. needed I, think... I, I really I really really wanted to put Ruben Loftus-Cheek in this team <laughs> but I just couldn't fit him in I would ha I I did a little mini reserve, um, to, just in case someone gets injured, and he's at the top of that list, purely on the basis of his versatility. Yeah. So he, uh, for Chelsea, he has played in the last six seven months. He's played centre back. He's played right back. He has played in midfield. He's played attacking midfield. He's played defensive midfield. I take him over Gallagher. Interesting preference. I think it, I, it was it was close for me. I think the reason I went for Gallagher was because we've got a lot of midfielders that are either defensive or attacking, and I think he's yeah. somewhere between the two. And I think he gives you a nice balance. If you're going to play Rice as like a holding midfielder or Henderson as a holding midfielder, and you're going to play Bellingham, and I think probably Rice and Bellingham are both going to be on the on the team sheet to have someone that's sort of in between the two would be quite useful I think War Prowse does give you that as well and I get what you're saying about the like the set pieces and things like that and yes the penalty taking I agree War Prowse is a good person to have the reason that I didn't go with that is because we're not a particularly big side and for corners and things like that, I don't think we really offer that much. Not these days. We did sort of four years ago in the last World Cup, obviously, with, with, with the old love train that Southgate had going. <laughs> we were dangerous from set pieces. And yeah. I don't think we have been for a while now. So that's why I left Ward Prowse out, because even though he is great at set piece delivery, I, I don't think we've got the players in the box to make it effective. So that's the reason I left him out. But it was very close. Yeah, yeah. Um, so 
you chose an extra defender. Yes. Um, and I, I've put Rashford in the team. Yeah, um, I did. I did have a look, and I thought about taking Target out and bringing in an extra forward. But the reason I didn't was because a, I quite like a backup left back who is left footed, and b, I think with Foden and Madison in the side, they can both play out wide if they need to. So I kind of had five wingers uh, with Grealish, Sterling, and Saka, and I didn't. Yeah. I didn't feel like I needed another one. Gonna be interesting come Thursday. I I don't see there being any huge surprises. I mean, I've seen Danny Welbeck was on the fifty-five man uh, yeah. team sheet. I I don't I don't think he's expecting a call to no. say the least. So, I mean, I'm not sure what time it is on Thursday that he's announcing it. Normally, it's like around two o'clock in the afternoon, but. Um, normally someone gets hold of it, don't they, <laughs> um, and leaks it. So, I mean, it'll be interesting. And to think that it starts literally, I mean, our first game is less than two weeks away. Yeah. Uh, it is mad, really. But, yeah. Did you have the same three strikers as me, Abraham, Tony and Kane? I did, yeah. 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 The only re- I, I just... We've... <sighs> I think I think the only one there he, he's on he's second on my list of players backup players was Callum Wilson. Same. So it's it's difficult really because I'm always under the illusion that you want in your number nine to be you know good in the air. Yeah. Just because of the crosses and I think Abraham and Tony give you even though they're probably a carbon copy of each other. I've always thought to myself, well, it's the wingers, it's the wingers that need to be doing all the running and putting the balls in. Yeah. Um, I just think, I just think those two are better. Um, and they've, especially with Abraham, he, he's, he's been a regular for England. He's almost been the number two to Harry Kane, hasn't he, since Vardy yeah. sort of retired. So, um, I think Abraham will definitely go. It, it might it might be closer than we think between Tony and Wilson, but yeah. I personally would only take three strikers because like, the thing is with strikers, Harry Kane's gonna play. I mean, you know, if it comes down to the third group game and we're already through, um, I'm sure that'll be sort of um, a, a game where he rotates and, and tries a few different things out. So, I mean. If that doesn't happen, Kane will be starting every single game up until whenever they they get knocked out. So yeah, um, it's, it's I, interesting. I think there's a, there is a few on there. I'd say of the twenty six, I'd say at least twenty twenty one are well the ones that we agreed on. I would assume that yeah are, are going, but um, you never know. There might be it's, some interesting. See how quickly things change because I think. 12, 18 months ago, that second striker spot was up for grabs and it looked for all the world like Calvert-Lewin was going to just take it and run with it. And uh, he's, he's nowhere near any of our teams. Injuries, isn't it? For yeah, injuries, I suppose. And then he's not really hit that form since he's come back, has he? So, um, I think he's, think he'll he's, be at the wrong club. he's at the wrong club, really, isn't he, to, to, yeah. um, to do that. But... Um, I mean, you know, for people like Abraham and Bellingham, I, you know, I'm almost 100% sure that they're going and they obviously play abroad. So, 
Um, yeah, so we'll um, we'll see what happens on Thursday. Um, but that's the uh, end of part one. We'll be back in part two with um, some Wonders of White, um, Who Am I, and a quiz. There's no gimmicks to the quiz this week, Liam. Um, it's a 2018 World Cup Russia quiz. Oh, wonderful. So um, we'll see how you get on. So we'll be back in part two. Hello and welcome back to part two of this week's episode. So we're going to go straight into Wonders of White. Um, and this one is about Mo Salah. Uh, so Mo Salah has 19 goals and assists after 20 games in all competitions for Liverpool this season. Um, which actually in his, in his six seasons he's been with the club, he's only managed that once before after 20 games. So. He's gone under the radar a little bit. It's because Haaland is scoring so many goals. Everyone's just forgotten how good Salah is. Yeah. Um, Crystal Palace have gained more points from losing positions than any other side in the Premier League this season. Another good win for them this weekend. Yeah. This one's a Villa one. Um, Unai Emery is just the fourth manager to win his first league game in charge of a team against Manchester United. Three other managers have done it. Uh, Dave Bassett, Sheffield United in 92. Jose Mourinho for Chelsea in 2004 on this one. Alan Kervishley for West Ham in 2006. Wow. <laughs> what an elite list. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, last but not least, um, so James Madison has been directly involved in 22 Premier League goals in 2022. So it's 13 goals and 9 assists. Only Harry Kane, De Bruyne and Son have had more yeah. in that time span. So I'm, I'm, um, not, I'm not saying he's like the missing piece of the puzzle. Oh, no, no. He's going to go. I he's he's go. got to be included. Yeah. Cool. That's it for Wonders of White this week. Um, and now we are moving over to the quiz. I mean, last few weeks we've had a little... Uh, gimmick with the quiz this week. It's straight, straight talking 2018 World Cup quiz. Um, some difficult, some easy, some multiple choice. Okay. I am, I reckon you'll get seven of these. Depends how good your memory is, I guess. Not great. There was a few days. Because I've I've got the answers in front of me. <laughs> yeah. And I've read up a lot about that World Cup. So and there's also a political question in there as well. Um so who won the two thousand eighteen World Cup? That would that would be France. Yeah, see, easy. One point that. Can you name me one of the three teams who got nine points in the group stage? Oh, so um, I'll let you have two guesses on this one, um, okay. but you need to find one team. Um, I was about to say England for a minute, but we didn't because we lost to Belgium, didn't we? So I'm going to say Belgium. Yes, Belgium is one of the three. Um, uh, I'll, I'll have a stab at the other two. Yeah. I'm going to go Brazil. Oh. Okay. Um, and my final guess would be... France would be too easy. So, 
I'm going to go with ooh, Spain. No. Oh. The other two teams were Uruguay and Croatia. There we go. Never would have guessed that. You still got a point then. Uh, who won the Golden Boot? Uh, Harry Kane. Harold Kane did win it. He got six. Most of them against Panama. Let's say uh, he did, did get most of them against Panama. Uh, so, in probably what was the game of the tournament, um, France beat Argentina by four goals to three. But who scored twice in that game? Oh, that's tricky. I want to. Uh, I'm just trying to cast my mind back to that. I remember. Was it Pavard scored? Yeah, he, he did score, and it was a scream not, as well. And then I, I want to say Mbappe definitely scored, but did he score? Two? I'm going to say he scored two. He did <laughs> score twice. Um, Pavard scored. Um, I think it was a like, goal of the tournament as well. It was a thunderbolt, wasn't it? I remember yeah. that. So, a multiple choice one here. How many own goals were scored at that World Cup? Was it eight, ten, or twelve? I'm gonna go with eight. It was twelve. Ooh. Uh, another multiple choice one. So. Of the 11 all-star team, so that was the 11 best players at their World Cup, yep. how many currently play in the Premier League? Tricky. Is it three, five, or eight? Uh, well, Kane had to be in there, didn't he? Because he was top scorer. But... Other than that, the players that I remember playing well, Modric, Mbappe, and there aren't that many French or Croatian players that stand out that are in the Premier League. Uh, I'm going to go three. Three is incorrect. Oh, no. It was five. I'm just trying to find the list because I've lost the list. Hang on. Uh, all-star team, here we go. So, your, so three of them are actually defenders. So, Thiago Silva, Varane, Amina, Coutinho was, was on there, and Harold Kane was also on there. The others were, uh, Couture in goal, Andreas Gronkvist of Sweden. Oh, yeah, what a uh, world yeah. Denis Sheryshev of Russia. Yeah, I remember. Luka Modric, Antoine Griezmann and Eden Hazard. Fair enough. I didn't know whether Luka... And the fat... So that was the um, all-star team. Um, And that was by FIFA. They also did a fan-led dream team, which consisted of Couture, Marcelo, Silva, Varane, Godin... De Bruyne, Coutinho, Modric, Kane, Mbappe, and Ronaldo. I don't know why Ronaldo's on that list. Oh, I don't remember him doing much in that tournament. No. Cool. Next one. It's another multiple choice one. I'm sorry about these multiple choice ones. 
Um, how many goals were scored at the tournament? 150, 169, or 185? Uh, well, as I've gone under for everything, I'm going with 185. I'm afraid to say that's wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> 169. Okay, so England beat Panama 6-1 in the group stage, but which defender scored twice in that game? Uh, that, what, uh, oh, it's one or two. No, I'm going to stick with it. John Stones. Well, John. It's either Stones or Maguire, and that they both had a decent tournament. This one's quite interesting. So, why did Theresa May <laughs> advise ministers and royal family not to attend the World Cup in 2018? Ooh. I, I'll give you a clue on this. It's something that happened not too far from where we live. It's oh, yes. in the middle. It, it was the poisonings. Yes. So um a undercover Russian spy. She's Russian but works for the British intelligence so yeah, that's where they got poisoned, didn't they? Yes. Um yes. So she told them not to travel. To Russia, just in case. Um, so you got that one right. And um, so, what did Germany do at the World Cup, which they had not done since 1938? Uh, they, I want to say they didn't. It's either they didn't get out of the group or they didn't get to the quarterfinals. I'm going to go. They didn't get out of the group. Correct. I remember watching the South Korea game that they lost. Um, they scored twice in the 90th minute, didn't they? Yeah, a brilliant game. Son scored. Um, well, I think I should, I'm should. i the winner here because I said you'd get seven and you, you <laughs> did. So, well done. Um, all props to me. Uh, right, cool. Um, so there'll be one more quiz next week that Liam's going to do before we go on like a... Um, I mean, we're not going to the World Cup. Um, <laughs> it's not do, we'll be, won't be doing a podcast until the new year, which sounds crazy, really, doesn't it? Um, yeah. But yeah. On a Christmas break. I mean, if anyone wants us to go to the World Cup, I mean, we're more than welcome to do a live podcast from Qatar. Um, anyone can get us in the England. As, uh, as journalists, so I'd, I'd yeah. more than happily do that. You know, sneak me in one of the inflatable unicorns. Uh, I think, I'd, yeah, that would be uh, lovely. Um, please do let us know. But I do have a who am I to finish, Chris? Yes, let's go. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna leave a team out Ooh. of this one because uh, I it, it, I can use it as a clue later if you don't get it. But I think it makes it too obvious if I include them. So, um. This player has retired, so I'm going to read every team apart from one. So they started at Leeds United. Not another English one. (laughs) They then moved to Newcastle. They then went to a team that I'm not going to tell you. Okay. They, after that team, they went to Middlesbrough on loan to begin with and then permanently. And then they final three teams they went to were Spurs, Stoke City and Middlesbrough again. Oh, blimey. Two trips to Middlesbrough. 
I mean, if you're counting the loan as a separate trip, there's three. But yes, two trips to Middlesbrough, I think it was a loan, but they'd already agreed a fee. So I'm going to say two. Interesting. Now, this is a tough one. I think I, if you want to know a time period in which they played for any of those teams, I'm happy to give you that as a clue. And then if all else fails, I can give you the missing team. So I can't have the missing team? Um, maybe a little bit later. If you don't get it based on the years. Um, tell me when they were at Spurs. Uh, so they were at Spurs between 2008 and 2011. And just because I'm feeling charitable, they played 49 times and scored two goals. 2008, which is interesting because that's the year Tottenham last won a trophy. I'd like to get that in there, just to let all the Spurs fans know. Which means they more than likely would have played against Chelsea in that Caro Cup final. I mean, unless I go through the whole bloody team sheet, I'm never going to know, am I? Um, Is it really obvious? Uh, Quite possibly. I mean, looking at their CV, this team stands out like a sore thumb. Um, trying to think of some players. I don't know why it's bloody Pavlichenko like stuck in my head at the moment. It's because of the. It's not Pavlichenko. No, it's because of the uh, two goals in forty-nine games. I think that's about his record. Um, right. So if he only scored twice in forty-nine games, that would make him a very defensive midfielder or a centre back. And I would assume that is probably the same time that Ledley Kling, uh, Kling Ledley Kling, oh my God, I can't even say it. Ledley King was playing, but he didn't play for any of those teams. So the only other player I know that's I know that's played for Leeds as well. He actually scored in that final. If I get if I guess I get it wrong, I look stupid. I mean, if I guess and it's wrong, can I have another guess? Yeah, I I, I suppose we go until you get it. Um, right. So the only person that I can think of around so if he played in that Carling Cup final, the person I'm thinking of actually scored. That's Jonathan Woodgate. Correct. It is indeed Jonathan Woodgate. 
Well done. I was just frantically looking up whether he did score in the League Cup final, and he did. Yes, you are. So that would mean that the, I'm assuming the club that you didn't mention was Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 I was going to sort of say he was at this unnamed club for three years and only made nine appearances. And I, I thought, mean, he had the worst, <laughs> the worst start. Didn't he get sent? He scored. Didn't he? He got sent off, didn't he? He got sent off and scored an own goal. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah if, if you would have given me Real Madrid, I would have got that. Yeah. Without hesitation. So um, it cost a lot of money um, in his career, just looking at it. So Newcastle bought him uh, in January 2003 for £9 million. Um, he only played for them for just over a year before going to Real Madrid for £13 million, which was quite a lot back in 2004. And then he was just basically injured for the entire time. And and no one really bought him again. He was obviously like really highly thought of and, and playing for England um, back then, and he was still quite young. But, um, yeah, only, only scored nine league goals in his career, Jonathan Woodgate. He only scored for Leeds, Spurs and Middlesbrough. Um, didn't score anywhere else. So, yeah, you were unlucky to be on the receiving end of a Jonathan Woodgate goal. I mean, they would have they would have been looking for a trophy for a long, long time if he hadn't scored that goal. Yeah. He was offside, by the way. <laughs> to clear it up. <laughs> That's good to know. If VAR was around, it, it never would have counted. So, yeah. Cool. Right. Um, well, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week for the last podcast before we disappear um, for a few months whilst the World Cup's on and then I guess we'll be back sort of the start of January maybe yeah we'll have Um, our next one in 2023 so yeah so we'll be back next week